With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Else but Texas. Imagine how proud Davy Crockett would be to know that he died to make this possible. Unfortunately for Lavender, major bulb makers were already profiting from the burgeoning conservation market, so they had no interest in going backwards. The most disappointing thing to me, Lavender now says dimly, is that we haven't found anyone willing to put in a plant. This is Jim Hightower saying, and that's why the moon hides and animals flee when legislatures convene. It's scary to see so many 5-watt bulbs sitting in 100-watt sockets. Hi, Joe Messina here, host of the Real Side Radio Show. Real talk, real facts, simply the real side of the issues. Heard right here overnights on KCAA. Or listen to my show on demand by going to the KCAA website. That's kcaaradio.com. Click on the podcast button found on the homepage under my pretty picture. KCAA Radio, where no listener is left behind. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call one eight seven seven nine seven nine my tv The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital sound. Satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-979-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. 1-877-979-MY-TV. Today's edition of Culture Shocks. This is Barry Lynn. If you're a long-time listener to the show, you know we do a lot of history, and we also do a lot of history of the civil rights movement, talking in some cases to people who were who are still alive, who are very much a part of that movement, or looking at the controversy surrounding it, the process of this extraordinary event. A movement, grassroots in origin, reaches to the highest levels of government and literally changes the shape of America and American governance. I thought when we, about a year ago or so, interviewed a man named Hampton Sides who had just written a book called Hellhound on His Trail, The Stalking of Martin Luther King by James Earl Ray, that that was the final word on the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. But now I'm not so sure. Why? Because today we're joined by one of the co-authors of the, a new book looking at the murder of Dr. King. His name is Larry Hancock. The book, The Awful Grace of God. Larry, thanks for being with us. 
I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Well, I'll tell you, this is a book where you do not claim to have solved the case, right? I want to get some things right out of the way at the very beginning. Absolutely. We don't claim to have solved it. What we'd like to do is reopen it. Exactly. And you didn't find evidence of a governmental conspiracy. The CIA wasn't involved in killing Dr. King. Uh, the FBI may not have liked him, but they didn't kill him either. This is not about government conspiracy. No, it's not. And we, we do try to deal with that. We, we found a lot of things that appeared mysterious in the early days about mm -hmm. possible government involvement military people in Memphis. But what we have found is the following decades have really cleared up a lot of those mysteries, those mysteries at least. Exactly. And, uh, but, of course, rooted in all of this is a concern from the Select Committee on, on uh, Assassinations by the United States Congress that they felt that there was a conspiracy or at least that it should be explored more, although, of course, once that Select Committee went out of business, nobody bothered to follow it up. This is probably the closest you're going to find to an independent follow-up to what was suggested decades ago. And the other thing I think they found is they were very tough on the FBI, not for their investigation of Ray, but for their investigation of conspiracy. Exactly. And the House committee was very adamant about the fact that they had dropped the ball and that they had also failed to effectively work with the Justice Department on their investigation. One of the things that your book does at the very beginning is to start by reminding people that there were other attempts on the life of Martin Luther King and, in fact, other conspiracies involving some key players. We'll talk about them in a minute. But there were multiple efforts to have Martin Luther King long before the Lorraine Hotel shooting on April the 4th, 1968. In fact, the plots go back 10 years to 1958. What was the first plot that you can document the first, uh, the first actual plot does go, and it goes back to Birmingham, Alabama, where uh, some local Klan's people were interested in, in opposing civil rights activities there, and they were uh, uh, very much opposed to some of the ministers who were leading the, the cause there. And they reached out to a very well-known ultra-radical from Atlanta who, who not only agreed to, to the bombing and, and killing of minister, a minister involved there, but actually gave them a shopping list uh, for several other prominent uh, civil rights figures with Martin Luther King at the top of the list and actually stated he would be so happy to do that that he would give a discount. That he would give a discount. Correct. His name? That would be J.B. Stoner. Right. The, we the, see over and over again. Yeah, don't we? We start to see people. I remember seeing J.B. Stoner on uh, shows, you know, TV shows that were done in the 60s and 70s. He was the lawyer and really one of the founders, I think, of the National States Rights Party. Uh, yes, he was. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about these, some of these other figures that get involved in these earlier conspiracies. The founder of this uh, strangely named the Church of Jesus Christ Christian, not from the Deep South. I mean, he's, he's operating out of California, the Reverend Wesley Swift. What did he do before James Earl Raven appears in the picture? Wesley Swift was uh, essentially uh, did two major things. He popularized um, a belief system. And that belief system was a very apocryphal system that essentially 
convinced his followers that they were involved in a, a war between God and Satan mm. and that they needed to be very active and take part in that war. And their, their real-world opponents were the Jews, mm. primarily the Jews, and their surrogates were the blacks. And they, his, his ministry, which involved carrying tape-recorded messages around the United States via couriers, it was definitely not just a West Coast ministry, was literally the focal organizing rallying call for a lot of these, these other people. Would you say that he thought that if, uh, well, what, let's clarify one thing. What, to your knowledge, did the Reverend Wesley Swift say or do directly to rid America, as he would have put it, of Martin Luther King Jr.? Well, he, he, was, he was very cautious in his, obviously, in his public statements. Right. In, his, in his private statements or in private activities, I think, uh, it becomes a different story. For example, if we, if we fast forward all the way to 1968, uh, he and his top military lieutenant, uh, Dennis Maurer, actually were having meetings with a representative of the White Knights from the Ku Klux Klan who had traveled from Mississippi to California to have, quote-unquote, a strategic and tactical planning session representing the White Knights with Swift and Mowers, and who, according to later statements, the net result of that meeting, one of the net results, was that a gun was carried back to Mississippi to use in the assassination of Dr. King. So he's there. He's there for a very long time, and with this war between Satan and God and the surrogates on Earth, the assumption of a lot of these guys was: if Dr. King is assassinated, there will be a reaction from the African American community, and that will be good ultimately because it will lead to a final, at least earthly, maybe the final battle from a scriptural standpoint as well. And then they sincerely believed, and you can see that in his in his ministry and his scriptures, that that would essentially trigger the kingdom of God on earth. That that yeah. race war would have to occur for it to happen, and that is something that is ongoing too. I, I think I should point out that his lieutenants, and when I say his lieutenants, I. We're all talking about his ordained ministers right. who traveled across the country widely. You see their names turn up over and over again, not only in plots against Dr. King, but in instigating some of the, the worst of the racial violence throughout the country. That includes things like uh, the murder of uh, Vernon Dahmer, who was a voting rights advocate. Ben Chester who was uh, just a farmer, kind of caught up in circumstances, caught up tragically by being killed in uh, 1966. Uh, those are the kind of situations we're talking about. As well as some of the terrible incidents in, in Birmingham, Jacksonville, mm -hmm. Florida. And this is what was, I think... This is what confused the investigation to, to some extent, because really and truly each of the leads after the King murder was investigated locally yep. without any ability to really cross-check these sorts of connections, which we can do now with computerized data mining, which in 
being charitable, they just really weren't able to do then. That's true. Uh, of course, uh, there were such things as uh, couriers, and there were ways in which local law enforcement could get information. But you're right. Uh, we may be overly charitable, but nevertheless, <laughs> it's possible that, that some of these things could have just fallen through because you, you only have 24 hours in a day, only seven days in a week. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, more with Larry Hancock author of a great new book and an important new book called The Awful Grace of God, Religious Terrorism, White Supremacy, and the Uns... Now back to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. Jim Newcomer for Minus Resources, January 18th, 2013. Gold opened this morning at 1690.10. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1732.06, 866.03 for a half ounce, or 433.02 for a quarter ounce. That's 1732.06, 866.03, and 433.02. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. American gardeners and fellow patriots, make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. 
Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. All right, we are back right here on Culture Shocks. I'm your host, Barry Lynn. We're talking to Larry Hancock, the co-author of the uh, fine new book out about the Martin Luther King assassination and the possibility of conspiracy, loose ends that have not been tied up, even though uh, it's not easy to do it. But somebody's finally gotten together in this book, Ian and Stuart Wexler, to uh, try to... uh, reopen this you know the justice department folks is and we've talked about this on the show over the years opened up some very important uh, cases old civil rights cases uh, and tried to do the right thing finally in the prosecution of some of these crimes and uh, they have been somewhat successful of course many of the people are dead already uh, but they have uh, shown some interest. I take it, though, Larry, uh, the uh, Justice Department, I mean, Eric Holder hasn't called you and said, great book, I read all the footnotes. I did read all the footnotes, by the way. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk. He hasn't done that yet. Unfortunately, that call hasn't come in. Yeah. Well, it might, because there's a lot of uh, very, very important strains of evidence here that I think um, stay. Uh, need to be pursued. Let's let's go to 1967. You get a former inmate, Donald James Neeson. He had been at Leavenworth, a federal penitentiary out in Kansas. He tells the FBI that there was a hundred thousand dollar bounty on Martin Luther King. Now, why would Donald Neeson uh, talk at all? Well, Donald Neeson. <laughs> Donald Nissen became very nervous after he'd had this offer in Leavenworth. One of the reasons, apparently, he received the offer was because he was on his way back to Atlanta. And this is kind of an interesting scenario because we know that James Earl Ray actually was told of an offer while he was in prison in Jefferson Mm -hmm. City, and he passed it on to a young man who was being released because Ray at the time was in prison for a long time. Right. And it's a somewhat similar scenario. Ray simply told the guy, there's this offer. You should go look into it. It's on Dr. King. You could make a lot of money quick. Well, Donald Nissen was heard about this offer, and it's been confirmed that a couple of others did, too, in, mm-hmm. in Leavenworth. But the fellow making the offer was a really seriously dangerous guy. And Donald was afraid that when he goes back to Atlanta, yep. he's going to be contacted about, you know, all right. Did you? T- are you interested or not interested? And I think he really got nervous about it. And uh, he, in the interim, on his way back, he uh, he <laughs> he did a minor 
was arrested, I guess, for something very minor in Texas. And at that point in time, before he, he made it back to Atlanta, that's when he went and said, well, I think I better talk to the FBI before I go any further. But now he's also involved in, in this bounty by whether he wittingly or unwittingly, he's delivering the money for the bounty. He is, and it's it's a it's a very until you get into the timeline of the thing, it gets very confusing. But what apparently happens is this again. This is a very sophisticated operation. People are they give him names as cutouts. They talk to him about who he could contact in Jackson, Mississippi. He's supposed to contact someone in Jackson. The word will be passed, and then when he gets to Atlanta, he will be contacted by third parties. Right. Well, one of the the difficulties in this, or one of the strange things about this, is when the FBI got the report, they didn't immediately go back to Leavenworth and make their inquiries there. They went to Jackson, Mississippi, and made inquiries in Jackson, Mississippi. And while they were doing this, he had arrived in Atlanta, and he had been taken the job he was supposed to be taken, and he had been asked to carry a package back to Jackson, Mississippi. Huh. He was not aware. He had not been told what the person looked like, exactly where to take it, and he had not wanted to know anymore. The The interesting thing is not long after the FBI was in Jackson making their inquiries, this lady who turned or was suspected of being the cutout, um, Donald ends up delivering a package to her office, which he is later told was money for the bounty. And in yeah. essence, it's... It's hard to determine whether people just aren't getting the word in time right. or whether they decided that since he already knew it would be best to implicate him as well and tie them into this thing, you know, sure. to get him involved as an accessory. And at that point in time, he really did he did start to, to get extremely nervous. Right. One of the reasons being is, is it turns out the person who gave him the package was uh, – a relative and associate of a fellow named Venable, who was a major Klan figure in Georgia, and who himself had been involved in at least two different bounty offers on King's life previously. You know, when you describe this, and I, and I realize it is a little complicated, but that, that's okay. And the book, of course, clarifies this and has a wonderful timeline in itself, and as well as kind of a summary of all the players that we're talking about. If people want to uh, look at this in more detail, it's this is uh, buying the awful grace of God's a good way to do it. But when you're talking about any of these figures, uh, look, we have people who are in prison on this show, and sometimes they have all kinds of interesting things to say. Uh, they don't always have a big audience, so they're happy to chat, you know, gets them out of doing something else. And sometimes I find them very credible. Sometimes I find them quite incredible. How do you even assess the credibility of somebody like Neeson who's doing all this in 1967? I mean, how do you as a writer, an investigative right. writer, look at that data? I think there are two or three things. First of all, uh, we're very hesitant to talk to anybody who wants to talk to us. Right. I get it. If they've been to the media, <laughs> if, they've, if they've done anything to promote their story, that's a strike on the list. If we, if, and that assumes some passage of time. We sure. actually... Donald's name was redacted. His name was not available to anyone 
until we went through about three series of FBI file releases during the last five years. So it was difficult to find him in the first place. He maintained an extremely low profile. Sure. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, secondly, fortunately, the FBI files gave us some ability to cross-check him because we knew some things from the files that he didn't. For example, hmm. the FBI had gone to Jackson, as I'd said, and yep. they had interviewed people there. There were descriptions in their files. And when we started talking to Donald, he described the place that he delivered the information and gave some other details, which we knew from the FBI files. We didn't tell him. He told us, and it matched. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so Very you know, corroboration is extremely important. Indeed. Okay, we're going to take another break. We'll be back with Larry Hancock, the co-author of The Awful Grace of God. Okay, so we've established there have been multiple efforts to kill Dr. King assassination plots that were very sophisticated. These are not a bunch of people who just got together over a couple of beers and shot off their mouth. These were much better orchestrated efforts with more pre-planning than I had ever realized until reading the book, The Awful Grace of God. When we come back, though, we'll go to James Earl Ray. We'll find out what might have happened. How much do we know about his hatred of Dr. King? How would he have learned of the bounty? What would he have done with it if he had that information? Take a look at the days and months before the assassination itself. And was he the lone shooter? All of this when we return for more of Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn is heard on the Genesis Communication Network. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800 
34, no tax, or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Creative radio ads. Very affordable rates. Millions of potential customers and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves the Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. We are back right here on Culture Shocks. Larry Hancock is my guest. He's the co-author of The Awful Grace of God. We're revisiting the possibility of conspiracy involved in the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Although this is an issue that's been around for a while, the Select uh, Congressional Committee on Assassinations looked at this, suggested that there was reason to pursue conspiracy investigation. We're very critical of the FBI for not proceeding more apace with that. But frankly, the balls all got dropped. Maybe itself not a conspiracy, but nevertheless, maybe a tragedy if we're trying to figure out what really happened uh, that day at the Lorraine Hotel. Uh, so, Larry, look, what's the evidence that uh, James Earl Ray really hated black people, that he uh, really hated Martin Luther King? I mean, he did work with the George Wallace campaign uh, briefly in 1967 when he was out in California, but... You know, uh, a lot of people who supported George Wallace, they may have been racist, but they weren't necessarily killers. Uh, how much do we know about his inner thoughts about race? I think we, we actually do have a fair amount of detail. Uh, what, what we know is that he didn't like blacks, mm -hmm. uh, and we know that in a, in a, from several angles. For example, when he was in prison one time, he... He uh, passed up the opportunity to go live in what would have been a much better quarters for the prisoners because he, he was fairly well trusted at that point in time, and the reason he gave was because it was integrated. 
and he mm. just didn't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, for example, he passed up the opportunity to watch sporting events at one of his prisons, and again, the reason given was because there were blacks on the team. Hmm. I think it's pretty clear that he just didn't right. like that, not uncommon for his time or his background, and I think you could make way too much out of that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we found in really looking at the pattern of race behaviors is that it certainly wasn't about race. He, he, he didn't like blacks, but... Yeah, that was not an overwhelming motive for anything that we did that we can find. His overwhelming motive at circa 1967, once he'd gotten out of prison, was to get out of the country. That was his yep. motive was to somehow get enough money together to get overseas and just make sure he didn't spend his life in jail. Exactly. So he escapes. He goes to Canada and uh, makes uh, you know an, an effort to uh, get much further from uh, any potential justice than that. Is there any direct connection between Ray and uh, some of the groups we've already talked about, the National States Rights Party, the Church of Jesus Christ Christian, or the White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan? These are people that formed a little breakaway clan, not that the clan was bad enough, but these were really violent people responsible uh, some of its members responsible in the Mississippi burning case that's covered in the movie Mississippi burning but did did Ray have any direct connection with these groups as far as a direct connection as an activist or right. with the groups no no we don't we don't see that he uh, he had several other interests, as, as we talk about in the book, but his interests were all about Ray, how he could make money, yep. how he could – I mean, this is a fellow who took a correspondence course for almost a year in locksmithing, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, and yeah. obviously a per person who's a career burglar, yeah. this is handy. Yes, you know, very. He, he got very much involved in what looks like an attempt to get into the porno film business. Yes, yes. So this is what Ray's about. Ray's about Ray and money. He is not about these other people's agenda. We don't see that, at least. When he hears about this bounty when he's in Jefferson County in jail, uh, uh, what... How much do we know about how he learned it, what he thought about it? Uh, I mean, let's separate the speculation sure. from the evidence. There was an inmate interviewed, and a pretty credible inmate, as I had mentioned earlier, simply told that Ray related that story to him of an offer being circulated. And there are other reports from inside the prison of, of other FBI informants who had mentioned that being passed. And the House Select Committee investigated that in great detail and actually documented that offer quite well from, from the offer being passed around in St. Louis specifically to people that were traveling to the prison who had relatives at the prison and, and trace the, the background of that offer. Now, mm -hmm. that offer itself was was not necessarily what Ray connected with finally, right. uh, but it was coming out of an unnamed southern group that apparently had collected a lot of money. Was uh, this the kind of guy, was James Earl Ray the kind of guy that would have, he might have heard that in prison, it may have been a different bounty, a different group of people, but would he have been the kind of guy who roams around looking for that kind of information, or on a day-to-day -day basis, was he the loner that a lot of people have kind of depicted him as being? Uh, just a guy who gets by uh, being a a crook on a daily basis when necessary to get money, always looking for the bigger hole, or was he connected to 
kind of network of of career criminals or potential uh, uh, bounty uh, yeah. providers. He, he was connected to a network. He, I, I guess, and people have the impression that Ray did all of his crimes on his own. He mm. did not. No. He did several of his crimes with other people um, in some fairly sophisticated robberies involving three people, uh, getaway cars that were ditched for another car. Uh, one of his more successful robberies were post office money order robberies with another fellow where they managed to blame it on yet a third. He was connected from that level. Right. It, it, connected as a street criminal would be connected, and I think it's important to qualify that. Uh, he Obviously, he met people while he was in prison, but these were the kind of contacts that would be useful. You know, where do you get false ID? Where sure. do you, how, how do you set yourself up? Who do you contact if you want to buy some pills to, to deal, deal? Those kind of contacts. When push comes to shove, what do you think is the connection that's most important between Martin uh, James Earl Ray as a, a street criminal and... James Earl Ray as assassin. The connection is the bounty. The bounty. That Ray was. You, you asked the question: Would Ray have? What Ray would have done when he heard about the bounty is he would have. Ray was very, actually, very conservative. He, I, I think, he would have put it on his list, and he would mm. have been open to to further inquiries about it. One sign of that is that he was interested in it is basically everything he did in the months after his escape from prison, whether it was Canada or Mexico or L.A., these are all places he'd been before and yep. done things before. One exception is Birmingham, Alabama. Never been there before. Never been there before. The head of the nation, the home of the National States Rights Party, kind of the the core of the most radical anti-civil rights activity in the South, and that's where he goes. And we would consider that probably just prospecting. Just, you know, just what prospecting. can he pick up, hit the right bars, talk to the right people? Uh, and that would be classic James Earl Ray. And he would have been open when he hits those bars to talking about his pornography career or anything. I mean, he, but he's looking for... The options. Yeah, he's he's a street guy. I, yep. We we feel that people have really underestimated Ray in terms mm -hmm. of his his experience and his cunning, his street smarts. Uh, we just think a lot of people underestimated him from that perspective. Okay, we're going to take another break when we come back with Larry Hancock, the co-author of The Awful Grace of God. Uh, we're going to look at uh, James Earl Ray. When he goes to Los Angeles, he's visited in his uh, motel he's living in by a man who calls himself James C. Harden. We'll find out what his role had been. And then look at how much of a tracking of Martin Luther King did Ray engage in. And then and finally, that question, is there any doubt that he was the shooter? Maybe more nuanced, was he absolutely, positively the only shooter? This and more with Larry Hancock when we come back. The book is terrific, and it's called The Awful Grace of God. If you have an interest in history, if you had an interest in the 60s and the civil rights movement, you really need to pick this up. It doesn't claim it solved the crime. It doesn't claim that every connection has been made, all the dots have been connected. It just says there's a lot of stuff that has fallen through some very large cracks, and it's not too late yet to try to bring those dots back together. We'll be back with Larry in a minute, right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn.
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LaSig.com. And LaSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of world customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters? Check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed. But if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout, we'll knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing six-hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free, all for only $249. Visit afterburnerstoves.com or call 866-716-5214. 866-716-5214. Afterburnerstoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Jenny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com or call toll free 
877-375-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. We are back uh, chatting with uh, Larry Hancock, the co-author of The Awful Grace of God, along with Stuart Wexler. This is a look at the unsolved murder, as they call it, of Martin Luther King Jr. Why unsolved? Because maybe there is evidence of conspiracy that, frankly, has not been thoroughly investigated. It is not too late to do so. So, Larry, when you go through this book, you get to the Los Angeles uh, living of uh, James Earl. Ray, he's January of 1968. He moves to this motel in a kind of ratty part of L.A. He's visited by uh, someone named uh, James C. Harden, or at least that's the name the guy uses. So how do you as an investigator look at an incident like this, James C. Harden, and, and say, well, maybe that was connected to the bounty. Maybe it was connected to the assassination or the stalking of Martin Luther King. Maybe uh, this James C. Harden was a guy interested in having him pull off another post office robbery or the porno business. How do you connect somebody like this, a shadowy figure, with James Earl Ray. A lot of it gets back to the timing, uh, because, as you say, if, if there's not something that that pulls it together, it could be circumstance. Yep. Ray talked right. to a lot of people, but Ray, a couple of things were happening. Ray was running out of money. He tried a lot of things to raise money. None of his options were really working out. He had tried Canada and Mexico; had both failed for him. Yep. And by January, he is literally running out of money. But the only thing you could say is working out is he's just about to complete his bartending course, Jeez. which he started in L.A., yet another yeah. option. Yeah. As I said, he's, he's all about options. Sure. But, but he makes this, this trip down to New Orleans. Uh, and there are a lot of unexplained trips about, about New Orleans, but we know Ray had contacts in New Orleans. He'd been there before. He had the kind of street contacts we just discussed. Right. And it, we think it may be very likely that, that he he was looking for something that was really going to bring him in some money, which he had not found yet. And shortly after he gets back from New Orleans, according to the hotel manager of the place he was staying, he started to get telephone calls. Mm-hmm. And that people wanted to leave message for his forum, and the, the manager actually got in listening to the operator and, and heard the person on the other end because they weren't managing to get him through to Ray. Right. And shortly after he receives those telephone calls, just a matter of a couple of weeks, a fellow shows up asking for Ray, has a noticeable southern accent, and and he and Ray apparently get together, and that's where things suddenly, in a matter of days, essentially, Ray Ray's whole cha- life changes. He stops doing what he was doing, mm-hmm. Um, he gets a, an offer for bartending. Would you just finish this class? He passes the offer for bartending. He gives it up. Yeah. And so you and he starts telling people, "Well, I'm I'm moving to Atlanta. You know, I'm 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 out of here." And so something clearly happened at that point in time. Whether it was Harden, which seems awfully circumstantial, or something else from that trip to New Orleans, yep. he, he 
Somebody had made him an offer. It certainly looks that way because all of his behavior changes in a matter of days. And he starts to go. He's going now on from Los Angeles in January, uh, ends up, of course, in Memphis in April. Uh, but he, he goes to Birmingham where he actually buys uh, the gun or a gun, I should say, a gun uh, linked to the crime. He goes to Selma at times when Dr. King is there or expected to be there. So he's clearly on his trail. And in the Selma, what is, I mean, I actually have talked to people who believe that that Ray Ray's initial story that, that he got lost off a four-lane highway and wandered off 60 miles to Selma, Alabama, at just the time that Dr. King was wow. supposed to speak there, yeah, very has been, you know, true. And and that's just too much to buy. Of course, of course. I mean, that you know, it's a, um, a it, it's simply an incredible explanation. Although you know, he he did tend to give it. So he. Uh, Memphis, of course, the site of the garbage strike. Uh, my friend Jim Lawson, Reverend Jim Lawson, out in Los Angeles was in Memphis at the time. Gets Dr. King to come, goes to one rally. He's then coming back for another one. Is this pretty well known? Uh, so you don't have to be um, in the intelligence gathering world to know that Dr. King is coming back to town, right? You don't. You absolutely know he's coming back to town, but. But the interesting thing is, where you start getting into real details on the timing, um, Ray doesn't seem on his own, and it looks like he was on his own a fair amount of time at that point in time, may very well have been looking at something in Atlanta. And and one thing that's important to remember when you get to the final stage is the bounty offer that we're talking about was a two-part offer. If you just wanted to get involved as kind of a foot soldier, front man, do some surveillance, right. stalk King, provide information, twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If you wanted to kill him, a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. So we're not uncertain that Ray, being the conservative guy he was, wasn't just in this game for twenty thousand dollars, sure. which would have been plenty of money to get him to Africa Absolutely. where he wanted to go. Absolutely. Um, so he may have just been running uh, very basic observations in Atlanta, but suddenly it becomes known that Dr. King is going back to Memphis for a second time. The date gets fixed, and there we see Ray on his way to Memphis. Yeah. Again, now, the timing is just its too much. Uh, James Earl Ray is uh, across from the Lorraine Hotel. He's across from the Lorraine Hotel, and as you, you asked earlier, would it take a lot of information to to do that? Any advance intelligence? Right. No, it's no. been in the it's been in the newspapers. It's been on TV. Uh, Ray was an inveterate news observer. Know mm-hmm. that right? Newspapers all the time. It would have been easy to know where Dr. King was staying. And as I recall, there was even a a TV segment. There's a a photo showing King out on the balcony, and you can even read the room number. Right, there is. Yep. So it's not a. There's not any real deep conspiracy involved no. to know where Dr. King's going to be. Did he fire the fatal shot? <sighs> Possibly. Possibly. This is this is where we get to the point of of having to lay out scenarios. Of course. The, the obvious answer is that if he did, he didn't do it with premeditation. Because there's nothing in his ba- His behavior is so sloppy. His, mm-hmm. He left evidence in his car. He left evidence in Atlanta. He didn't have any escape plans. 
everything about his escape is totally at odds with Ray's own experience. He knows how to do these things. Yep. He knows how to clean up if he's going to create a crime and not not drive the same car he's driving at the scene of the crime and yep. leave with it and not ditch it and have another car prepared. He knows all these things. Because he's so done them before. He's done them before and some somewhat successfully. And this is a guy who's actually a, a, escaped from a federal prison and been on the run for almost a year. You know, he's, right. he's, he's pretty skilled. So yep. nothing, our cut on this is the the physical evidence is quite weak. That, that proves in him actually being the shooter. Uh, the evidence is we can now see it after the HSCA. There are lots of issues about everything from the fingerprints to the rifle. I, I very mm-hmm. much doubt that you could have won a court case against Ray if you'd had a good defense attorney. Uh, of course, he yeah. pled guilty, sure. so that didn't happen. So Why does he plead guilty? His The reason he says he pleads guilty is because his attorney has advised him that the only way he's going to escape a murder penalty is to do a deal. Yeah. And and knowing Ray, that's not that's not impossible. Ray's Ray's that smart. On the other hand, Ray is also, if you look at some of his prior court appearances, yeah. What Ray does immediately after that deal is he got rights to the judge and says he and wants says, he takes it all back and I want to restart it again, knowing full well that he will probably end up in appeals for years. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, this is, as I said, you don't try to solve it. You try to raise very pointed questions and look at possible scenarios. And uh, we've just touched, uh, really, the surface uh, in the last hour of of chatting with Larry uh, about what some of those scenarios may have been. But if you don't, you know, if you read this book and you don't say at the end, you know, uh, things look far less wrapped up than they did before I started. You must be reading a different book. And, Larry, I want to thank you and Stuart Wexler uh, for uh, the remarkable work to get it this far. I hope people continue to take a hard look at the evidence that you've provided, look at the scenarios, look at the potential answers, look at the potential connections, and maybe even get the United States government back involved to try to figure out what really happened, because it does still matter. Larry Hancock, thanks for being with us. That does it for today's edition of Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. We will talk again. This edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP. As slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. Don't miss a minute of the action. Check out the podcasts at www.kcaaradio.com. The station that leaves no listener behind, AM 1050 KCAA. Look out. The fixers are coming. Top corporate chieftains and Wall Street gamblers want to tell Washington how to fix our national debt. So they've created a front group called Fix the Debt to push their agenda. Unfortunately, they're using fix in the same way your veterinarian uses it. Their core demand is for Washington to spay Social Security, castrate Medicare, and geld Medicaid. Of course, a group of pampered narcissistic billionaires would not make a credible sales team for this dirty work. So Fix the Death has recruited a bipartisan gaggle of former Congress creditors to give their self-serving political gambit a softer public image, a sheen of high public purpose. With a budget of some $40 million, these elder statesmen are doing TV interviews, hosting breakfast sessions with members of Congress, making speeches about mutual sacrifice, and generally going all out to sell the financial elite's snake oil. But wait, being an elder does not automatically mean you're a statesman. Let's peek at the resumes of these so-called public-spirited fixers of the debt. Start with Jim McCreary, a former GOP lawmaker. While urging Congress to cut people's programs, he's also a top-paid lobbyist pushing Congress to give more tax subsidies to America's richest people and biggest multinational corporations. Former Democratic Senator Sam Nunn is a fixer, too, but he's also paid $300,000 a year to be a board director for General Electric. Likewise, Democrat Erskine Bowles, a co-founder of the Fixers Front Group, is on the board of Morgan Stanley, drawing $345,000 a year. And former GOP Senator Judge Gregg takes about a million bucks a year as advisor to and board member of such giants as Goldman Sachs and Honeywell. This is Jim Hightower saying, I wouldn't want this gang of fixers to pet my dog, much less touch my Social Security. This is KCAA. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 1-877-979-MYTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-979-MYTV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. Call 1-877-979-MYTV. 1-877-979-MYTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-979-MYTV. 1-877-979-MYTV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-979-MYTV. 1-877-979-MYTV. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Like the battlefield, there's a battle for the soul of America. We can't let him tear the kingdom down. This is no game. This is war. Flesh and blood. It's between the bad and good. We can't stop until the trumpet sound. This is war. Not a game we're playing. This is war. The only question is, which side will you be on? It's time now for a call to decision with Pastor Butch Paul. Hello, my friends, and welcome. This is Pastor Butch Paul, and yes, we're still on the regular phone line. We haven't got the problem fixed yet. Found out it wasn't on our end today. It's on Genesis, but they still have to figure out what's going on here. I don't know why it is. I really don't. It's way above my head, way above my pay scale. I just do what I'm told to do when I try to get by the telephone. And maybe to get fixed later on this evening, or hopefully by tomorrow, it's the latest. Anyway, welcome to broadcast and happy inauguration day. I hope you're just thrilled to pieces to have the Muslim, heathen, murderer, liar, fraud commander in chief back in the office again. Millions of people cheered it on. Hundreds of thousands are in the streets of Washington D.C. I mean, it was a celebration like you won't believe. To celebrate another fraud. Oh, my God in heaven, how we really messed this place up. Discuss that more at the break. Tonight, it's just, just going to me and you tonight. Just me and you, and the phone lines will be open almost immediately. At 855-242-8824. 855-242-8824. We'll play a clip for you in a little bit where Obama could not say United States. Now, now you're going to hear it if you, if you didn't see it uh but I'll tell you about that in one minute. Just kind of hang in there to hear about that, okay? It's very important. Now, we're going to try, folks, to put out a magazine this month on gun control. We're going to try to put out the facts about gun control. If you want to receive a, a copy of the Minuteman magazine this month for February, you need to call right away. If you want a sample copy, 800 Leave your name and address, please, very slowly. Repeat it a couple times. Just spell the words for us. 800-777-4403. i got to tell you, my friends, donations are way down. Last month, had a couple miracles come in. 
I mean a couple big miracles, a total of about 10,000 altogether, of miracles that are not going to happen again that kept us going through this month. And I want to, I'm just being quite honest with you. If you want this program on the air, you're going to have to, you're going to have, you're going to, have to help. That's all there is to it. I mean that. I say it because I love you. I know I pray we're blessing a few folks. I think we are. But if you want to stay on the radio, you're going to have to help. I just talk like it is, okay? We're going to go from there. But if you want a magazine out this month, we got to hear from you this week. We have to. We simply have to. Don't get the end of the month, we're going to wait another free case of food. Now, if you know food and you think you might need it, if you haven't asked for it, then shame on you. It's there. We want you to have it. And also a, a Berkey water filter. 